Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. All right. Hello, Marcella. Hi, Mac. How's your week been? Eventful. <laughs> that's that's good. At least it was uneventful. You know, it could have been worse. I would have preferred an uneventful week. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I definitely understand that. Well, hopefully today we can make it a little bit better for you. I know it's going to be interesting for me because we're going to dive into a world that I am not really aware of as much i'm not very yeah. educated in it and for everybody else this is marcella's world and it's october so you know we got a lot of big things going on a lot of this the uh hauntings the everything the halloween everything. yeah yeah everything but most importantly we're, we're getting the pumpkin spice lattes again yeah. which <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding not really i actually like that um Oh, come on. You like pumpkins. <laughs> Anyways. So today we're going to start the the spectacular of Beyond the Pen with a new guest. And his name is Mr. Gare Allen. And he's written multiple paranormal-ish books. A little bit of true crime with a little bit of parano paranormal. But the one that we're going to talk about first with him today is called The Dead, A True Paranormal Story. And the reason why we're going to do this one is because, well, one, both we both of us have a copy of it, so she can't get back. I can't get mad. <laughs> she can't get mad because she's got her copy. Yeah. But it also gives a little bit of insight into Mr. Allen's life in general as not only an author, but as just someone who studies a little bit of the metaphysical world. And so without further ado, I introduce ladies and gentlemen to Mr. Gare Allen. Gare, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. So, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you want me to lead or do you want <laughs> lead? Lead on. Yeah. No, you know what? First of all, I'd like to know a little bit about you because I don't read the books. It will get read eventually. <laughs> but Mac read it, and I was very intrigued by it because of the word dead, first of all, and then paranormal, which is pretty much my life. So tell us something about yourself, but more importantly, tell us something that nobody knows that you're willing to share. Okay. So my name is Gary Allen. I'm a paranormal author based in Tampa, Florida. I was born and raised here, so we'll save the Florida jokes for a little bit later in the show, I think. So I'm heavily Maybe. involved in animal rescue physical fitness. I'm very involved in giving back to the community. So some of my books, I donate all the proceeds back to various causes. And my hope is that if I do that locally here, that it'll happen in other cities as well. Something about me that you probably don't know is I am a huge Star Trek nerd um, from the original series all the way up into everything now. And I don't like Star Wars. I don't know why. You would think I'd like both of them, but I don't. So I just made some people happy and some people really unhappy. But I don't think Mac and I are going to be having beers anytime soon. <laughs> but, 
Oh no, you're fine on that. I'm you are so fine on that because I'm not really. I can enjoy either one, but I'm not like deep in either one of them. Okay. But Marcella, on the other hand, is a different story. So, as you saw her face, you know her face was a little bit. Uh, yeah. Anyways, well, worthy. <laughs> yeah, she has a love. But anyways, so thank you for being on here. We appreciate you being on here and give us a little bit of insight into your life. And Mac, are you frozen? He's frozen on my end, yeah. Mac's giving us the blue steel. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mac, in action. Though, you're so, so okay. <clears throat> Maybe I'll just ask. Well, I'm, I'm really excited that you like Star Trek. We'll have to have a conversation later. Always <laughs> Because I always use this reference to a, a good friend of mine. I call him my number one and nobody gets it. Oh, I love it. Love it. Mac, you were frozen. We couldn't hear anything you said. What? I think he's faking it now. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Just a bit. Just a bit. Jerk. <laughs> I know I can be, but it's fun. Anyways, I love technology. It's always fun when it, this stuff happens. I blame Marcella. There's just too much energy here, you know. Well, the uh, lights are not flickering today, so we're good. Okay, as long as they're not flickering today, we're okay. Today. So, <laughs> today. So, for somebody that's not really has a, not, a lot of knowledge about the metaphysical world, can you just give us a little bit of an idea of what it is in your definition and in your studies? Of course, Mac is speaking for himself, so I'm going to mute up. <sighs> yes, I'm the one that needs the layman terms for everything, okay? <laughs> I am not the brightest person in the world, but I can know certain things. Anyways, so, yeah, I was wondering what type of metaphysical studies that you, you studied, but also, like, if, if there are certain branch that you're part, that you concentrate more on? Yeah. So, you know, the, the definitions are really almost interchangeable. So paranormal is defined by anything that can't be explained by science. Metaphysical, meta is Latin for above, beyond, or transcending the physical. So really, in my opinion, paranormal is sort of under the metaphysical umbrella, but in a lot of ways, they're very interchangeable. So when I write a book called A True Paranormal Story, that the metaphysics and paranormal go together. I think these days people hear paranormal, they think ghosts, right? It's sort of just become unfortunately just ghosts, but that's not. So I, so I, I tend to talk about metaphysical and paranormal, although I really wish they would just be one because they kind of are. But I had my first paranormal experience when I was 12 years old and where my bed actually levitated off the floor when I went to sleep one night. It was very jarring, very terrifying. You know, my limbs moved, the dog jumped off the bed. My brother came in and said, what was that noise? I got all kind of confirmation that it had happened. I never got a true explanation for it. I had some ideas, but I didn't have anything else happen for a while. And then in my mid twenties, I was driving and on a whim, I turned into a metaphysical bookstore and workshop. And again, I can't tell you why I did it, but I'm so glad I did because I just started devouring every book in there and reincarnation of what was first grabbed me. So I focused on reincarnation. I, at the time there were cassettes, so I just dated myself to the listeners, but there were cassettes that I bought that put me into regression hypnosis. I had hypnosis done by skilled instructors and they did it for me as well. 
went back to several different lives. And I was always urged to journal, write it all down, write it all down. And so I started just journaling everything that happened to me. Then it was astral projection. And then I played with the tarot for a while and divination. I couldn't get enough of it. You know, the, what was the, the alien thing <laughs> I turned away from pretty quickly. I said, I don't think that's anything I really want to get involved in. So I sort of forced myself not to have very many experiences in that realm. But what it did was it kind of took me to another world, so to speak, and probably very similar to when I watch Star Trek. You know, I get transported to another world. I don't want to say it's an escape because I'm still within myself and I'm, and I'm learning about myself. And so it sort of tells you there's something more than the mundane physical world. And that's what grabbed me. And so by journaling all those years, I started to write some short stories about it called Seven Lessons series. And each book focused on a different area of metaphysics. And it was a fictional story based on what happened to me. And everybody kept asking me, do those things really happen to you? Because the main character is based on me. His name's Greer, you know, very similar. And I said, okay, I was writing book six in the series and there's seven in the series. And I said, let me go ahead and just write down everything that's happened to me, black and white, from the time that bed levitated until my current, which was 2014. And so I stopped at book six. I wrote The Dead, probably wrote it in three weeks. And just everything that happened in chronological order. Then I went back and finished the series with books six and seven. And the dead just outsold anything. It just, you know, went straight to the top and did very, very well. But it, as you can, as you know, when you read it, it's just sort of, hey, here's what happened to me. So I'm not trying to force you to believe. If you believe it, great. If you don't, that's great too. But here's what happened. And here's how I interpreted what happened to me and how it, I integrated it into my life and how it changed my perspective and even how it helped me. And that was the whole reason and purpose for me writing that book. Well, here's the, I'm glad you said all of that because one, it already answered a, a few of the questions I had, but it also brought up the ideas that you went into this, not just believing, but also just looking at it as almost a science in a, in a way you, you wanted to really learn from it or at least study and figure out why it's, it's happening what was it that really levitated the bed at the time and so on and so forth. So you're not really someone that's just going to psychics, tarot readers, anybody that deals with the, the supernatural in, in general, you're going at it and saying, okay, what can I learn from this? What is logically there and what is not? So because of that, I wanted to ask you real quick, and I know I definitely want Marcello to chime in on this too, is what are because of this world can have a lot of con artists involved in it and giving people that actually have an actual gift like Marcella, what are certain things that they need to look for to know when this person's real and when this person's not? You know, I think when we actively seek guidance or a reading and, and troubled times, we're looking for a specific answer. And so that will taint our perspective of the information being given as well. And no one's going to give you the answers to the test. We're all here trying to figure it out. But there are signposts in the road. But we still got to travel that road ourselves. And as long as you realize you're not going to get the answer, but you're going to get a nudge in the right way, either back on the path or on the path you're on. And once you realize what answers you're supposed to get, I think you'll be more open to it. And then readers will have an easier way to, to get that information to you. So to answer your question, I think if a reader tells you black and white, this is this and this is that, mm, because we all know our, we have free will, it can change at any moment. So I think readers, the good readers and the ones that know what they're doing are giving responsible answers and guidance based on the energy at that moment. And they explain that. 
I don't know, Marcella, if that if you agree with that as a reader. I, I think to some degree, yes. I think that some of the readers I encountered. So if you're on Instagram, you know, now there are people constantly reaching out to you in your back channel. Hey, I, I was led to you by spirit and I would like to consider you for a reading. These are people who are looking at your page and they're finding things about you. So they're looking at the memes that you post, they're looking at the pictures, they're looking at you and your facial expressions. And they're going to say things like, Oh, you know, spirit is telling me that you've been very sad lately. And then you go, Oh my God, how do they know that? I don't entertain any of those anyway. I have a very small, trusted group of people that I go to if I need guidance. And of course, I listen and then take it all in. And from there, I'll make a decision on what is going to be the outcome for me. <clears throat> but there are so many others and you they see you coming from a mile away. They'll, they'll, they'll take a look at your clothing. If, you, if they pass you on the street, they take a look at your clothing. They look to see if you're married. They'll look for that, that wedding band. If not, they look for the, sh the shadow or the tan line. So they're very observant people. And I was taught that by a shaman. She basically said to me, you know, watch there. We watched, we went down to Soho and we watched all the, the tarot readers and the palm readers, you know, pull people in and we were watching and she would ask me, what do you see? But I saw something different. You know, I actually have visions. So I'm able to tell people the visions that I have. So I I'm in agreement. However, a, a good reader will not have to ask any questions, will not need you to open up. And it also, from the way that I was taught, they will have to ask your guides because everyone has guides, guardian angels, if you want to call them that. And we have to ask them permission first. And if they're not willing to, all we're going to see is a door shut in our face. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was reading, when you first met Dane, if I remember correctly, he was a... Help me say this right. Is cardologist? Cardologist? Car cartometrist? Cartometrist. He reads regular playing cards. Yeah. The one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I knew I was going to mess that up. Anyways, Marcello already knows I was going to screw stuff up. But with that, even before that part, I mean, when you were going on this, this journey to find yourself, after you said, you know what? I'm in my 20s. Screw this job. I hate it. I'm just going <laughs> to go. What was it that really just drew you to just say, I'm done with this. I'm just going to just drive wherever I go. I'm just going to drive. Well, I had to get out of the scenario I was in. So I was in retail management and people just, you know, when they realize you have energy, they want it all. And, you know, the customers, when you're, when you're in customer mode, you do nothing but take and take from those poor employees. And I was in management, so I got the worst ones. And so I had to get out of it. But but yeah, I just got it on the road and started driving. And when I saw that metaphysical bookstore, I had never seen it before, yet I'd lived in that area all my life. And it had been there forever. And somebody just told me to turn in. And I think, you know, I, I guess we, it, I saw the world as mundane. And that sounds silly to say, it's like, oh, I was bored with the world. <laughs> I hadn't seen the world. But you know, in my 20s, you know, to me, I had seen enough to know that I didn't, I wasn't digging it. It was boring. And, you know, you ate, you worked, you went to bed, watched TV, whatever, you know, and you have a few things that really excite you, Star Trek, you know, but this took it to a whole new level, just took me to a, other worlds. But what was super exciting is it put me back in me to learn about me and why I was the way I was. And like I said, it helped me get through 
you know, I wasn't always a nice person and I was always too sensitive, but I was also very open, which is why they were able to take so much energy from me and deplete me, you know, and leave me in those, those states. And so I, I think that's, again, I don't, I don't really respond well when someone says, Hey, you're this way and you need to change and do that. But I do respond when I learn about myself and make the choice to change then and watch out because I'm going to, I'm going to better myself. I think that's really, I'm glad you said all that because honestly, I think everybody needs to be like that in some way, shape or form because yes, the mundane can get annoying. You know, we're all on a different journey. We're all trying to discover ourselves and make ourselves come to that, that to have enough bravery in our lives to just say, you know what, I'm done with what everybody else wants me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I want to do what's making me happy. What's bringing me joy. And for many people, it's, it's one of the hardest roads to ever be on. And that's why not so many people actually do it is because they don't want to deal with that. They deal with all of the people that are going to tell you, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough, all this stuff, all the crap. But I thought it was hilarious when I was reading this and I've got the book in my hand. So I know it's for a fact, it goes for the record, 40 something gear is also curiosity's bitch. <laughs> and I thought that I was like, wow, that is that is definitely something that not many people would actually admit to, but again, <laughs> for somebody who's always wanting to have like all, learn as much as possible, I think everybody's like that. What I, made you just like finally just come up to that point? It's like, yeah, I'm curiosity's bitch. I am. I I can't you know, I learned that some of the best humor is is when you look at yourself because we're all we're all ridiculous in our own way, right? Yeah. And I love that we can look at yourself and and make fun of yourself and have fun, but it's also what makes us us. And we draw strength from the quirks and who we are. But you know, we were conditioned that way, or we brought it in, or we just became that way. But everything. And again, I think this comes from working that retail management. You meet so many different people, and you had so many different personalities, especially in the employee base. And, you know, and everybody's got a story. I have a book that I called First Impressions. Everyone has a story. You don't know what's behind that person. I had no idea that Marcella was a witch, you know, found that out, you know, <laughs> but, you know, looking at a person, you just have no clue. And so I started to become, and, and it was interesting because I had to do a, a 180 because I was like, get people away from me. All I do is complain to me all day and I got to, you know, I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And it's like, no, 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 this is where you're going to learn about yourself because they're going to mirror back to you things as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I needed to know the answers. Why is this happening? Or, you know, and, you know, having the same dream 47 times, you know, there's got to be, it's not, I, I don't like, oh, it's your imagination. I don't buy into that. It's not just a coincidence. Those are not, there's not just anything. Now, it may not be the monumental important thing you're making it out to be, but it's still something. And it deserves, you know, that investigation. And maybe it's the Capricorn in me. I don't know. But, you know, just, uh, you know, got to gotta figure things out and a little bit of a control, well, a lot of a control freak, you know, to understand why things are or why things are happening. And so you learn to trust it. And because it's coming from within, it's a little bit easier to kind of accept it because you feel it's you or at least your guides who are on your side. So it's coming from your own base camp, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because it is one of those one of those things that when we're driving around, we're trying to find ourselves. We're not just by ourselves. We have 
people that are guiding us, people that are supporting us and physically and metaphysically, you know, it's just something that's given to us all the time. So, but I also thought it was funny that I'm also talking to a Floridian and the statement that he states is clearly my normal days were behind me. You live in Florida. There is no such thing as a normal day. (laughs) So, Oh, poor Florida. I know. I know. As much as I, as as much as anybody makes fun of Florida, we love Florida. We love Floridians because especially Florida, man, because it's just, you guys do so many weird things just to entertain us. Like I was, I was giving Gary a little crap earlier. It's like, Florida is the only state that in school it is mandatory to teach your children to zigzag when getting away from an alligator. It is the only state that does that. I'm like, okay, I live in Indiana. We have bears, wolves, we have deer. We sometimes we have moose, mooses, mooses, moose. Yeah, we'll just see. Moose. We have a lot of Mises too, but they don't teach us anything except just play dead. Okay, yeah, so I can lay down and have somebody, an animal, just eat the heck out of me while I'm still alive. I don't think so. I'm running. Being normal is not anything that comes when you're dealing with the paranormal. There's no such thing as normal. I'll, I'll Martell is like no. <laughs> But it's true, it's you know. This. Well, you see it enough. It's okay. It's out of the ordinary for a lot of people that Other are not people. attached. Got it. We'll get into the <laughs> whole being weird thing later. Okay, we've we've already <laughs> discussed that. Anyways, but what I'm saying is, is that dealing with the paranormal, it, or even writing about the paranormal, is. What's the saying? You write what you know. You write what you've dealt with in your life. So obviously you've already told us like your first initial introduction to the paranormal when you were cut. How old were you at at that time? 12. You were 12? The Ozzy Osbourne little kerchief on itself kind of got me too when I was reading that. But, and I hate to date you because I'm from that area, that era as well. It, it, it was the the carpet and the wood paneling. Jesus, um, wood paneling. I know it's so weird. It's so weird. No, this guy had mauve shag carpet in his house. And so, I was like, and I love the I love how it says it's like it was the early '80s. So don't judge me. I'm like, sorry, dude. I already judged you. Oh, well, yeah. I left out the best part. Yeah, that house had the the previous owners. That was the little girls' room, prior. And so, rather than take off, take down the holly hobby wallpaper, my dad just paneled over the top of it. There was a still. There was a subtle glow of a young girl's room behind it. (laughs) It's always interesting. That's how I grew up. So yeah, no, but it's funny because, like I said, everybody's got their own initial aspect, and some of us really are accepting of it we don't understand it but we're accepting of it and then there are others like nope this never happened it was just a dream nothing happened i will say for myself when i was in college i was probably 21 22 something like that i was in an old warehouse and as an apartment and we had a meat locker as one of the rooms 
But at this time, we had just moved in. It was summertime, and the AC was not working the best because we had the, the big door open to move stuff in all day. So it was really hot in there. And I remember that time I was having kidney issues, um, probably building up a stone or something. But I remember my back was killing me. Even my doctor was like, you just need to drink more cranberry juice and stuff like that. But I remember laying down on the floor, my back to the floor, my head close to the vent. And all of a sudden I just feel I'm dead asleep. I just feel these hands just rubbing my back. And I'm like, and I just like straight up just woke up and I was like, yep, time to get into the bed. But I never had any issues after that. But I've also had people that were friends of mine that a friend of mine and, and her boyfriend were just sleeping in my room between classes. And she, he got up to, to leave the room to go get something. And she actually felt somebody like rubbing her shoulder to like calm her down or just put her back to sleep. And she came and she woke up. She's like, you didn't have to rub my arm or anything. He was like, I have no clue what the hell you're talking about. I never did any of that. Yeah. So, and it's weird. It's like, again, I lived in a meat locker. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that happened in that area. <laughs> we'll just say most likely not all animal meat per se, but I would. <laughs> but the reason why I was asking that or telling you that is that is because I want to make sure that everybody understands that there's a lot of things that we don't understand. Obviously, Gare and Marcella know a lot more than I do about this, this realm of uh, studies of just life in general. But Marcello, I know you have plenty of questions, plenty of answers in regards to that world, but can you give me at least an example of, a story that like when you first started to see certain things where you, you learned about your gift, Gare's already told us his. <clears throat> I was three, Mac. The first time I saw something, it was a big dog in my room. And I got excited because I thought my parents got me a new dog because the dog that I'd had from infancy, I guess you could say was given to someone else. So there was this big dog and Ultimately, I started noticing other things. It wasn't just a dog. It was a man wearing wolfskin. And he's still here with me. He's with me every single day. I guess you could say he's my guide because most of my messages come through him. Now, he doesn't even speak English. He speaks a, a dialect of Nuwahat, which is a, an Aztec language, and which is predominantly where my, my dad's family is from. So it makes sense. Other than that, I would just say things to people. I started realizing I in school, you know, people on the street, I would say things and get in trouble for saying things because I was scaring them. Uh -huh. And I always know when someone's going to pass. And I hate saying that out loud because now people will be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore, Marcella. And, you know, there's so many others, which is why I was given a tarot deck very young by an aunt. And I don't need the deck. I just genuinely enjoy different decks, just like people enjoy collecting stamps or toys or dolls, you know, whatever. I, I don't collect them so much anymore, but I enjoy the pictures. I enjoy the feel of them. They help me to stim, you know, because of my neurodivergency. But yeah, that, that was it. There were other things that would come to me all the time. They still come to me. I just read someone recently and 
you know, because everybody wants to make sure I'm not a, a charlatan. And while I, and this is somebody I'd never heard of. And she says, I'm kind of a big wig. And I said, well, I don't know who you are, but I live under a rock, you know, True. consider me Patrick Starr. I, I don't, I don't go they, anywhere. They pretty much got around the same intelligence too. Sometimes I will punch you right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so while I'm talking to her, a woman came to me and was saying her name, but she kept calling her honey. And I was annoyed because she was interrupting the conversation. And I said, what is your name? And she says, Eleanor. And I said, so this woman, Eleanor is talking to you. And all I know is that she went back to a room that we had been chatting in with some other people and a friend called me and said, what did you do to this woman? I said, I didn't do anything. She says, well, she is singing your praises because you channeled her grandmother. And I said, well, sometimes they come to me, sometimes they don't. You know, it happens. It doesn't happen. I don't question it. I also don't, I don't take it for granted. Uh-huh. I truly enjoy every experience because I'm afraid that, not afraid, I wouldn't want this to go away. Then my life would be very unusual. This is the norm for me. But this, like I said, everyday life messages before coming on this call, I had been very nauseous, but that happens every time I'm going to speak to someone who has been surrounded by paranormal activity of some sort. So, well, I I try not to let them into the closet with me, but you know, sometimes you've always got somebody behind you. There's always someone behind you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Normally, they're little girls or something like that. But, That's, you know. It's a tall man. Oh, what's he look yeah. like? This is, an exclu- this is an exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's very healthy looking. Okay. Very healthy, but, you know. Does that mean husky? Um, <laughs> That's what I say. It's like healthy usually means husky. Smiling a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and very happy eyes. That's That's what I can tell from him. Cool. Yeah. Uh, color, color skin. Oh, very, very pale. <laughs> Why do I always bring the pale people with me? Um, but no, hello, whoever you are. But it, it is one of those things like I wanted to talk about this because obviously it's October. We, we got a lot of the paranormal that like to me personally, I think, because if we look at history in any diverse culture there's always there there's always that thought of october is the weakest point in the veil and that's why a lot of spirits come in and out the most if i'm if my history is correct especially in the middle ages the fact that masks were used to scare off the the bad spirits but it was something that was also there to protect the families of those that had left behind that were left behind if i'm correct on all that it was um, they were used so that you could fit in so that they wouldn't come after you because they that's what it was. they would see you yeah they would see you as one of them gotcha so the other reason why i'm bringing that up i'm coming back to gear i promise you <laughs> there, there there is a a reason to all of this madness of oh, my world is that when i'm looking at the book there's a lot of different things that happen that you are very open of. More specifically, or at least within the, the beginning part, is it's the, your entire journey, the beginning of your journey. And being inspired by these studies, be, the people that you've interacted with, the spirits that you've interacted with, 
they've given you a great gift. And I remember Dane was one of them that was really, you were really close to in, in terms of having a spiritual guide. So much so that he was willing to share his guide with you for the very first time. And I remember it saying that he turned down, he adamantly was, he was very adamant on turning down the temperature in the room because, and you said it was freezing in there, but what was it like to actually sit down and see this young man, very deep voice, all of a sudden just have a woman's voice come out of him? You know, that, that was, really the turning point where I said, I, I was like, this is real. There, mm -hmm. This is real. Everything that I'm doing is real. And I'll never forget it because he, we, were, we were having like pizza and beer and he's like, Oh, I want to channel my guide for you. And I'm like, huh? I didn't know what that, I had no clue what that meant. So next thing I know, I, I'm at one end of the room. He's at the other. He turns down the air and I said, he said, it's going to get cold in here. And I go, why? And, and he goes, he goes, the energy will make it really hot. And I go, I don't know what that means. And he's like, okay. And then I said, should I move closer? And he's like, don't worry, you'll hear her. And I go, okay. I, and I'm like, so I had this, just a moment of what the heck. And so the next thing I know, he's, he goes into this little kind of thing and he's, his voice is, mm, and that mm, gets higher and higher and his head starts to swivel and, and this perfect circular motion. And then this woman's voice says, give us a moment. And a different tone and a different pitch and a different accent. And this amazing peace washed over me. And at that point, I don't think I've ever experienced peace. I was a, you know, an angry young child kind of thing. So I was like, well, that's new. What is this? But it, but it, it wasn't forced on me. I was just at peace. And the next thing I know, this woman is talking through him. And it only took me about a minute to know on every level that it was real. At first, I'm like, okay, let's see him break out of this, you know, character. And I was like, oh my God, this is real. And I started, I had a conversation, I think it was 30 minutes or so back and forth as if it was something I had done a hundred times. So the unbelievability vanished in an instant, but that wasn't even the best part. So we get to the very end and of the conversation and she references a dream I had the night before that I had not told anybody. There was no possible way unless she was inside of me that she could see this in my subconscious. And that's, and I, and, I, and it was just the perfect delivery. It was the perfect way to, to, to bookend what had happened. And of course, not leave me with any doubts. And that perfection in itself told me that this was just a perfect exchange or, or gift from the guides. And, um, I, I mean, when he came out of it, he was pouring sweat. He was full of energy. He had to run around the apartment and get the energy out. And I just sort of sat there and and he, he tried to record it. We, we did this a couple of times, but the first time he tried to record it, and for whatever reason, she wouldn't let it record. She did on other times, but some, it would either be empty or she'd let us record. We never knew what was going to happen. But when I left, I couldn't, you had to experience it. It was a feeling. And, and it's so, I mean, I hate to say it's hard to convey because I, I'm a writer, but it's hard to convey the emotion sometimes when it's inside of you and you just know it. 
but you you merge. I mean, she merged with me in, on a spiritual sense. And for those of those people out there that are spiritual or you know, and they have faith and they know they know what that means. They know they know what it's like to feel their faith and, and feel that higher being connect with them at times. And that's what it was like. And then channeling sessions after that were were kind of commonplace. Believe it or not, how, how crazy is that? It's not crazy at all. Honestly, when you say curiosity is your bitch, that's, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's a normal thing anymore. Look, look at Marcella. She is pretty much that, like she just said, that's her world. That's her norm. So from someone else who's not a part of that world as much, it really does. It's very strange. And you're like, okay, is this someone just pulling my leg? Is there, it, it was just basically like what happened in the 30s. And the 20s and the 30s when spirituality was just like hitting like a like a bomb yeah and there were all kinds of people that were like i said earlier there were con artists and that were just grabbing money specifically from people that had money the rich people and using the death of a family member as the way to get in and that's why houdini was like you know what i'm done with this crap i'm going to just make sure that everybody knows exactly who they are, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And for someone who's very logical, you know, that's pretty much what a lot of us look at. It's like, okay, there's something here. Where is the, the speakers? Where is the, the, the vents that I'm not seeing where it's making it a lot colder in here, things like that of that nature and stuff. So the fact that I have to say that, I know that feeling of, from a spiritual point of view, I've been, I, I felt extremely warm and all of a sudden we would talk in Christianity, we would call it uh, speaking in tongues. So I don't know what the heck I'm saying. I just know that I'm thinking something different and it's just coming out something different, but it is a very strange and very weird, but it's very calm and soothing world when you accept it and when you're willing to allow something that's higher than you that's coming from someone who you can trust and someone who has the expertise in it who's been studying it for generations i know i remember reading gear that the spirit said at one point uh one of the memories that you had was that you were a shaman in a in another life or something to that effect yeah, I had a I had, I had a lot of recurring dreams, and I still dream very vividly to, the, to mm -hmm. this day. And but I had a dream where I was literally just creating elements. I was in an open field, and I was creating elements, and I was making fire, and then I was making rain to put out the fire. And I was just I just kept doing it. It was like I was practicing what I was doing, and yeah. of course I was looking for symbolism in this dream. And during one of the channeling sessions, I said, "Hey." you know, what, what did that represent? You know, elements, you know, or whatever. And she said, it wasn't a dream. It was a memory. And I was like, whoa. And I said, okay, but you know, there's a lifetime where, you know, you understand, you know, elemental magic. Okay. You know, I can buy into that, but it's funny. And a lot of my dreams though, or a lot of my regressions back in past lives, you know, I, I, I was not a superstar by any means. I, I was very much a, I had some rough lives out there and, and then they had a common theme and that was being alone. And yeah. you know, very much alone. And, and it's funny, but in this life, I mean, I'm not big fan of crowds, but I mean, I, I had anxiety. I didn't know what it was when I was younger, but I just thought of being in a crowd. It really freaked me out. And I very much like being alone. I'd be in my room for hours with my comic books. I was content. 
my parents yeah. had to throw me out the door, you know, and to, to make me, you know, be sociable. And even to this day, I can be home 24 seven and be completely content. Doesn't mean I don't love the people in my life. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not lonely. Never. And I, I understand that it's probably not super healthy because in a way I am retreating into myself. And, you know, that means if, if I'm retreating away from something, that means I should probably deal with that something. Right. So I'm smart enough to understand that. And again, curiosity is like, come on back now. <laughs> Let's go yeah, outside. Exactly. Now, there's something up again. I, 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 my left brain allows me to look at things from different angles and, and sort of say, what can I get out of this? And, you know, you're right. You know, in the 90s, at the end of the, the century is a push to metaphysics. There's that scare of that turn. What's going to happen? And yeah. but I very much made my own decisions. I mean, some things were put in my face and hey, OK, I can't deny what just happened. But other things I'm like, let me integrate it and then let me look within. And, and that was the thing, you know, going back to going back to readers. It's like the answers are within. They really mm -hmm. are. Do we need help from the outside at times to discover them or find them or or define them? And that's super important. And that's why another reason why I wrote the book is if somebody has had an experience like mine and they have no idea how to define it and it can it, maybe it terrifies them because it goes against their faith or it was just a terrifying experience because they don't believe in anything outside of the physical world. And I'm not judging that, but that can be traumatic for people. So yeah. if they read the book and say, oh, my gosh, that happened to me and they're able to say, you know what, I think that might be an explanation for me and help them in that way. That's a good thing. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I kind of hope the book kind of does a couple different things in that arena for people. Well, for me, I think it really is interesting that you are a, you are willing, I should say, willing to write this because it, there was something a gentleman that I just recently have been in talks with, very knowledgeable when it comes to um, acting, directing, and storytelling in general. One of the things he always said is that we all have a story in us and it's there to be told. It wants to be told. And sometimes we don't want to tell it because we know it's going to be painful and or we just don't want to go through it. We don't want to talk about it. But when we do have that that courage to actually say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell I want to go out there. I'm going to tell everybody my story. And if I can help at least one person, then I know that I've done something to yeah. change someone's life for the best. This has been really interesting. I, we don't often get to talk to people who have had experiences. I don't even want to say like mine. Mine are very different. We're all very different. But what is next for you, Gare? What are you going to be doing in the, in the near future? So I currently have 15 books that are out available on Amazon.com. For the month of October, I've got Haunted Tampa. So I wrote about all the haunted spots here in Tampa, Florida. All the proceeds are being donated to the Wounded Warrior Project. So again, my hope is other authors out there that are hearing this, please write a, a haunted book or about your town and get it out there and donate the proceeds. And let's really get a lot of money to these folks that um, gave so much for us and give back to them. My most recent book was Ghost Crimes 2, The Paranormal Enemy. That's the second book in, this, in the Ghost Crimes series. I'm currently writing the first book into a screenplay, and I also have outlined Ghost Crimes 3, so I'm a little busy with those two projects right now. And then I also have a book out there called The Dogs of Lost Angels, which is a book I wrote and about rescue group and rescue stories, and all the proceeds go to the dogs of that group as well. So 
I like to give back to the community and the people that are out there doing a lot of work for not a lot of recognition sometimes. And so we definitely want to get that message out there. And anybody who wants to follow me, you can go to my website, garyallen.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> well, he beat us to that. Okay, so I have two other questions for you. The first one is, what is your writing kryptonite? <laughs> it's, it's happening now. The voice is back on. Hell's Kitchen is back on. And I have cold wine. So nothing will take me away from the computer faster than mindless TV and Riesling. So <laughs> as far as the writing process, I don't generally have writer's block, but I, I tend to type very quickly and I need to slow down. And so, you know, you got to remember to show, not tell, and let the characters sort of organically become what they become. And I think the best example is in the second Ghost Crimes book that I wrote, the characters really just organically became themselves and they, 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 the dynamic between them really grew. And, and they did a nice, I say they did a nice job with each other because I don't know where it comes from half the time, but yeah. So, so that's, that's probably the best example of that. And is there a, a quote or a, yeah, you know what, is there an inspirational quote that you go to for, you know, when you want to keep pushing yourself to do what you're doing? There's not a quote, but I feel like I've spent a lot of time getting a foundation and, and a perspective. And now it's time to literally put pen to paper and get those, get that, get that information out there because many people die with a lot of information and a lot of experiences that had they shared, they could have helped themselves and other people. And I think, you know, we, we communicate through, TV shows and, and, and music, and, and, and it's no different with books. And I think it's just super important to get that out there. Well, Gareth, thank you again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. And thank you for being so kind to Florida. We're, uh, we're, we're doing our best here. <laughs> I have to go feed the alligators now, but I'll, be on, I'll see you soon. <laughs> All right, Marcella. Interesting. To say the least, yeah. Yeah. Anything else besides interesting? You know I'm going to drag so much more out of you except for one word. You're the one charging like $200,000, $300,000 for your opinion. So, you know, (laughs) we're going to get our money's worth out of it. I will read the book. Of eventually eventually of i'm always interested in other people who have had experiences like i said not so much like my own but in that realm and i think that gear's really really nice despite the fact of being from florida true so, very true very true yeah. no it was it was a nice chat mac it, you know you know that this is my life so yeah it's it's nice to hear other people's perspectives and their experiences so and i think this is our first one right yes it actually yeah, has yeah yeah, yeah. So this was, this was great. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. So here's the funny thing real quick. One, we have nothing. First off, we have nothing against Floridians. We just, y'all are just a special breed. (laughs) You're a special breed. We love you still, but still y'all, they're just like people from Michigan, Ohio, New York in general. No, Um, 
<laughs> There's no, nobody like me. a New Yorker. <laughs> but that's what I mean, though. Y'all do some crazy stuff that just entertains the rest of the world. But again, Gare said one thing earlier that really got me and I thought was hilarious is that the the way that America looks at Floridians is the way the rest of the world look at America. So in the end, you know, it's pretty much the same. But in regards to his book, it's an easy read. It's very open. The, the guy is literally putting his heart and soul and mind and everything else out there for people to no pun intended, for, for people to actually, she finally got it, for people to actually see and t- connect with. And that takes a lot of bravery to even do anything like that. So if you like the paranormal, if you want to get to know Gare after or before reading any of his other books, by all means, please go out and get The Dead, A True Paranormal Story. We've got our copies. We've got got our our signed copies. copies. Yes. But support him. He loves to support the community. Let's all help support the community. As a vet, I am all for putting money towards the Wounded Warrior Project. It's one of those that's very close to my heart, plus any other ones that have to deal with autism because of, obviously, my family, Marcella's family. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something that's really close to us. So, again... Honestly, I would really ask a lot of authors to do that. At least have one book where you don't bring any of the profits into your own your own pocket. You give it back. Find a charity that you really enjoy and just give it away. Give the entire proceeds away. We've had another guest that actually did that too. But let's support one another. Let's continue to support these authors, this community, even if you're from Florida, we we still love you uh, but but as i always say please keep writing keep inspiring and keep sharing as you go beyond the pin Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.